grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. lesson for this Transfiguration Sunday, also the last Sunday of the, after the Epiphany, is found recorded in the book of Exodus chapter 34, beginning at the 29th verse. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not realize that the skin of his face was shining because he had been speaking with the Lord. When Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, they were amazed that the skin of his face was shining, so they were afraid to come close to him. Moses called to them, so Aaron and all the rulers of the community returned to him, and Moses spoke to them. Afterward, all the people of Israel came close to him, and he gave them all the commands that the Lord had spoken to him on Mount Sinai. When Moses was finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out again. Then he would come out and tell the people of Israel what he had been commanded. Whenever the people of Israel saw Moses' face, they would see that the skin of Moses' face was shining. Then Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with the Lord again. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson is found recorded in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning at the third verse. St. Paul writes, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled among those who are perishing. In the case of those people, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from clearly seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is God's image. Indeed, we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For the God who said, light will shine out of darkness, is the same one who made light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, beginning at the 28th verse. About eight days after he said these words, Jesus took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. While he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothing became dazzling white. Just then, two men, Moses and Elijah, were talking with him. They appeared in glory and were talking about his departure, which he was going to bring to fulfillment in Jerusalem. Peter and those with him were weighed down with sleep, but when they were completely awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let's make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. 
He did not realize what he was saying. While he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them. They were afraid as they went into the cloud. Then a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. After the voice had spoken, they found Jesus alone. They kept this secret and told no one in those days any of the things they had seen. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ and heirs of everlasting life, inflation, sanctions, mandates, war, death, convoy, these are the words that we're hearing on, on the news and, and that's spreading like wildfire on social media. And these things, some would say, is spelling out doom and gloom. What does the future really hold? I would like to ask the question, what would it have been like during Jesus' time? What were the words that they were hearing, as especially through the gossip line and on the news? Oh, maybe some would think and believe that those were simpler times. They probably didn't have the problems that we're facing today. Oh, I beg to differ. I would say that I bet during that time there was words like inflation, sanctions, mandates. There was wars and rumors of wars and death and, and politics and bureaucracy. All of that going on. I bet they had doom and gloom even at that time, knowing that we live in a sin-cursed world. And yet, through all that darkness, pierced the light of hope. This simple Savior, Jesus, would come and pierce, be in the light of the world. He would pierce through that darkness. And at the heart of that is the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. This was something that Jesus was going to reveal in his, to his disciples in a very unique way. He did it, it says, after eight days. And eight days ago, Jesus had asked his disciples the question, Who do you say I am? And Peter replied that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So eight days after that, about a week after, Jesus is going to show them the extent of what that means. He is the Son of God. He would take Peter, James, and John, not all of the apostles, just those three. These three have been separated before, especially at when Jesus took Peter, James, and John in to perform the miracle of raising Jairus' daughter, 12-year-old daughter from, from death. And then he, Jesus will separate Peter, James, and John when he's praying at Gethsemane right before he gets arrested and betrayed with a kiss by Judas, one of the apostles. Peter, James, and John were told they went up to the mountain to pray. Many speculate which mountain this could be. Some say it's Mount Tabor, that's over by Nazareth. Some say that it could be Mount Hermon, which is up by Caesarea Philippi in the Sea of Galilee. But we're not told which mountain. We 
Because that's not what matters. What matters is what took place on that mountain. And what took place on that mountain took, happened when Jesus was praying with his disciples. Now, praying would emphasize the fact that Jesus is ordinary. An ordinary human being. He ate and slept. He walked and talked. And yet, what looked upon, what looks like an ordinary human being, uh, a man, is not ordinary at all. Because while he was praying, his face and his clothes became dazzling white. They shined with glory. Dazzling white can also be translated, they shined as bright as lightning. This had the light up the skies. All this glory that was coming from Jesus. And again, emphasizing the fact that he is the Son of God, the glorious Son of God. That he isn't just a man, but he is the Son of Man and the Son of God in one person. Jesus shining in his glory reminds us that it was God who took on human flesh in order to be our Savior. And this is important to emphasize over and over again, especially in the light of the fact that not too long before this, we heard of an expert in the law who came to Jesus and asked him, what must I do to be saved? Many people were asking that question. Even after the feeding of the 5,000, when the disciples were coming to him and, and people from the cities were coming to him, they would ask the question, well, well, what are the works God requires? Tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. Then I can earn God's favor. I can earn God's merit. I can earn eternal salvation. Always believing that there's some good in me to earn it. That, it, that, that God's message of salvation is, here's what you need to do. Do it, and heaven will be your home. But the truth of the matter is, we are sinful human beings who have fallen short of God's glory. If you've sinned once, you've broken all of God's commands. And the punishment of breaking even one command is the punishment of death itself. How can any of us try to work our way to heaven? How can any of us try to earn God's favor by what we do? Even today, the question is being asked, and many pastors and, and teachers are proclaiming, here's what you need to do. Even turning faith into a work that you need to do. Instead of seeing faith as a gift of God, that faith that is created in your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit working through that gospel message for saving faith always has to have an object. And the object is that good news of Jesus. And at the heart of that good news, Jesus is the Son of God. That's our Savior. So my dear friends, when it comes to our salvation, God gets all the credit and glory. We give it all to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for taking even a wretch like me and blessing me with forgiveness and the hope of eternal life. Yes, Jesus is the Son of God. And if you're still having troubles understanding that,
Notice what happened next. Two men appeared. It was Moses and Elijah. Peter, James, and, and John recognized that, especially Peter. They too were shining in all their glory. To have Moses there, he was the great prophet called by God to lead the people under God's direction and leadership, to lead the people out of Egypt, the land of slavery, and bringing them to the promised land of Canaan. That he promised the forefather, Abraham himself. It was Moses who is the lawgiver. He was the one who received the law. And the law of Moses can be divided into three parts. It, there was the civil law because they had a government that was run by God. It was a theocracy. And then there was the ceremonial laws. Those were the worship laws and the festival laws. And then there was the moral law, which God intended for all people of all times. And the summary of that moral law is the Ten Commandments, the the only thing that God wrote with his own finger on two tablets of stone, everything else was dictated to Moses, who wrote it down, word for word, God's word. And then there was Elijah. He's the great reformer. He was, he was the one during the darkest days of immorality and ungodliness and wickedness. He was the one that could kept preaching and teaching the glorious truth. He was the one that even had that contest with the, with the uh, prophets of Baal and, and with setting up the altar and which God would consume it. And of course, the gods of Baal were fake and frauds, so they prayed all day for, for their God to consume it. Well, he wasn't going to do it because he doesn't exist, but the true God consumed it was Elijah that thought he was the only believer left and yet God had to tell him there were still 7,000 who have not kissed Baal. Elijah is the one who was taken up to heaven in a, on a chariot of fire in a whirlwind. He never faced death. And now he's standing with the Lord in glory, along with Moses. And what were they doing? They were talking about his departure. And in the original Greek language, the word departure is the word for exodus. They were talking about how Jesus couldn't stay in this glory, how Jesus had to leave and how he would have to humiliate himself, not making full and constant use of his divine power and glory so that he could go to Jerusalem and do what? He would face the cross there and rescue us from the slavery of sin by paying for our sins in full and giving us the hope of the paradise land of heaven itself. He wouldn't just point the way. He would win for us the way because he is the Son of God. Peter, when he saw all this, felt that this is good, and it was very good what he was witnessing. He was witnessing a touch of heaven, seeing all this glory. And yet, he wanted to set up a tent for Jesus and for Moses and, and for Elijah. He wanted to keep all that glory here. 
And, and we're told he didn't know what he was talking about because he had to leave. If he didn't leave and go to Jerusalem to pay for our sins, we would still be in our sins. We would be living with hopelessness. So Jesus couldn't remain with this glory at this time. And, by the way, that was God's plan. But another part of God's plan was not to have heaven here on earth. And so, my dear friends, it can't be our plan either. Don't try to make heaven here on earth. Don't think that, that you know, this is the paradise that we're living in. We live in a sin-cursed world, knowing that the purpose of this life is certainly to come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved and to certainly share that holy name with others. It doesn't matter what station of life we find ourselves. Our number one job, our number one privilege and honor is to know Christ and proclaim that holy name with everyone we meet. As we look forward to heaven, and heaven is our home, because Jesus is the Son of God. And if you're still struggling to understand that, if you're still struggling to see that, a cloud enveloped them and overshadowed them. And there was a voice from the cloud that said, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Almost the exact same words that were spoken at Jesus' baptism. Except for this difference. Listen to him was new. Last time he said, this, this is the one I'm well pleased with. But this time he tells us to listen. That the purpose of our ears is not just to hear sounds, but the purpose of our hear, ears is to hear the very holy word of God. And the very word of God, the Bible, is the message of Jesus. And once again, at the heart of that message is the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. Listen to his word. Take to heart his word. And, and know that we have even more opportunities knowing that we have the season of Lent coming up and we have our midweek Lenten services all under the theme, Eyes on Jesus. To gather together to hear his holy word. To join our hearts and minds, not only around that word, but also around song and prayer. As we focus on the fact that it is our Savior who suffered and died for the sins of the world. But because of the transfiguration, we also know that the one who died for us wasn't just some mock guy. This is God. God won for us the victory. God has saved us. And to God be the glory. Yes, Jesus is without a doubt, the Son of God. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. 
If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemevlutheran.org. May God bless you today and every day.